and this is Talking Pictures, our weekly review of movies and film. I'm Hollis Monroe. Joining us with a decision to leave is our resident film guru, Professor Film Encyclopedia Brown. Hello out there. Haven't left yet. And from sunny Florida, it's Mr. Denny Lynch with a list of uh, so Oscar contenders you might not have considered yet. Hi, Denny. Yes, I'll watch everything at least once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a decision to leave a Korean film. Yeah, South Korean film. And this has gotten some really great buzz. It's been nominated for the Palme d'Or. Can got a Best Director Best uh, Award, Can Jury Prize, Best Actor Award. Yeah, and people are sort of uh, well. It's one of those surprises or snubs. It depends on how you look at it for the Oscars for international nomination mm. uh, for Best Film, and it's not listed there. Mm -hmm. uh, Park Chan Wook is back at it again. I mean, I really like his stuff. He did the uh, Vengeance trilogy. Yes. The uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy. Old oh, Boy. Oh, yes. Love Old Boy. And Lady Vengeance. And a really interesting film called Thirst. What we have here is a neo-film noir uh, procedural policer, if you will. A man falls from a mountain, okay, a guy who's a, somewhat of a seasoned uh, climber. And uh, the uh, police get involved. Is it suicide? Is it an accident? Or is it murder? And a detective uh, gets pulled into the intrigue of this mystery, uh, played by Park Hai-il, who does a fantastic job in this. He's an insomniac. He suffers from all of the police uh, uh, investigations that he's done in the past that are unresolved. Mm. And it bugs him. And he actually has in his living room uh, a curtained area. You pull the curtain open and it's got all his unresolved photos of the uh, the murders and uh, grisly scenes. of murder there. board. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. You know, it, it, it haunts him. He can't sleep. Uh, he gets involved and they, they find that the wife of the climber becomes a suspect, played by Tong Wei. And she does a wonderful job in this. And what's interesting, she takes on the femme fatale Position, but she's not the femme fatale in the traditional noir sense. She's uh, not uh, eroticized a siren that you see a lot of times uh, calling the the hero uh, into the dark side. She does call him into the dark side, but uh, she's somewhat of a tabula rasa. She's blank, hmm. which makes and it's one of the reasons why they kind of suspect that maybe she did this because she has no grief. And she has markings on her hands that make it look like maybe there was a struggle and so on. And uh, I, I can't go too much further into the plot because this is a multi-layered narrative, very complex. This is a, I, I went and purchased it because I need to watch it multiple times. I'm going to have to pass through it because if you miss little bits, if you just well, blink, mm -hmm. you're going to like, whoa, I, I need to go back and pick this up because mm. it's, it, it's so complex in what it tries to do. We have this detective who becomes very obsessed with her. And it's shot in a way that we, we kind of crawl into his mind where he fantasizes uh, watching her, being in her apartment, uh, following her about. And he also is following her about, taking pictures of her and things and putting it on his murder board uh, to, to be analyzed. She herself is sort of this, and I'm not going to get too far into this, this uh, kind of blankness. It's, well, what is she? What is she? She could have done it. Did she do it? Eh, difficult. It's also shot in a very beautiful way. 
The mise-en-scene of this continuously uses architecture to trap our hero inside of little boxes in the architecture. So he's, he's really trapped in a web throughout. You'll see uh, an image of him uh, on a, a monitor that's inside of another monitor or split monitor, so they kind of do split screen. He, he's inside of doorways and windows reflected in mirrors and so on. So very much this idea of his obsession with this woman is going to be a web that pulls him in. Uh, it reminds me of a film from the 40s, Cobweb, which also does that with the hero. It traps him in shadows. Now, if you want to come to this as a noir, it's not in the sense of the uh, what uh, low-key lighting aspect. This is a really well, you know, high-key lit film, except at night, uh, and, and it really, really pulls you in. Need to concentrate very well. The two leads do a, a fantastic job uh, as an insomniac. He's continuously almost, you know, kept going in and out of uh, uh, a stupor, having to continuously put eye drops into his eyes to keep himself awake. Uh, she herself. As she traverses this film and as he sort of gets involved with her and observes her, the web gets tighter and tighter. This film kind of uh, like a spring gets tighter and tighter. And that the, the, the I'm not going to even call it a resolution. The end of this film is like, I, I did not expect that. And it just hit me over the head. It, mm. it works so well. Another star in the film, cell phones. At first, I guess... Uh, uh, Chan Wook was not interested in using cell phones in this. He wanted to have people writing things. He was going to set it further back in time. But he decided to go with cell phones, and he makes it very much of an integral part of the investigation and of the understanding of these characters and so on. So uh, I highly recommend the film. It is, uh, it, 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 I think you'll really enjoy it, but pay attention. All right. Thumbs up for Decision to Leave. That's what I'm going to have to check out myself. Denny, you oh. have several for us today. Let's get started. First up, the new German version of All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, it is on Netflix. It has nine nominations, including Best Movie, Best International Film, Production Design, and Visual Effects. Hmm. It was originally done as the, the book was published in 1928 uh, by Eric Marie Remarque, who had served in the German military during World War One and was pretty much appalled. It was adapted into the best picture of 1930s uh, from Lewis Millstone from Universal. It was remade for TV in 1979 with Richard Thomas and Ernest Borgnine. I remember that. There's this version, and I had this one. I had forgotten about it. The 1952 Classics Illustrated comic book. Huh. Oh, wow. Um, it dealt with the pain and horror of being in World War One, or all worlds, or all wars, actually. It was later banned and burned by the Nazis for being unpatriotic. I've not read the book. The 1930 film spends a lot of time at the start and how these schools encouraged uh, the military futures for the students. This version does that all in one, one or two quick shots at the beginning. Um, it is more focused on the end of the war, the endless negotiations and the madness of a specific German officer determined uh, for the war to continue. It's similar to the 2019 film called 2017, which is a British look at trench warfare. But this is darker. Oh, 1917, it's often, yes. It's oddly often bloodless because it 
something is going to happen, you see the beginning of it, but they cut away before it gets too gory, mostly. It still conveys the awfulness of war and the monstrous natures of the men in charge. Uh, beautiful looking film. Next up, a very different sort of film, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. This is a Mexican film nominated for cinematography, and it should have been seen in the theater. It's absolutely gorgeous. Written and directed by Alejandro Iñarrito, uh, it's a surrealistic look at the life of a Mexican documentary filmmaker. It starts as he is up for the first time for a Mexican for an American documentary award. He's not sure if he wants it or needs it, and he starts wandering. We see his wife and his children who all reveal their thoughts about his frequent absences because he was off making movies and how it affected them and, and their relationships. Actor Daniel Jimenez Cacho plays the lead and seems to, uh, to be in almost every shot in the film. He's observant, objective, and sometimes confused about how his life has turned out. Now, Inurita, Inurito has won Oscars for The Revenant. He also made Birdman, mm. 21 Grams, and the striking drama Amores Peros. Uh, he has succeeded as a filmmaker, and this is a reflection on his career. It's a stunning-looking film at 2 hours and 49 minutes, not traditional by any means, almost surrealistic. Hmm. Next up, a uh, documentary feature called Fires of Love. It's a look at the careers of volcanologists Katja and Maurice Kraft. They met in the 1960s and shared a love of volcanoes. It's a good story about dedicated scientists supported by extensive video records. Absolutely worth seeing, if nothing else, just for the footage of red volcanic lava flows and gray volcanoes' explosive eruptions. Frequently shot by the lead actors or characters, um, close, very, they got very close to their subjects. Um, so a geology film, well worth watching. <laughs> Le Poupil from France is a short nominated for a live short film. It's on the Disney Channel. Girls at Christmas time in a Catholic school in Italy during World War II. The middle-aged girls are starting, or uh, middle school-aged girls, sorry, are starting to rebel against the school's strict rules. It's warm and humorous, a delightful Christmas story. Very gentle. Um, and charming. I recommend this one too. And the last one I want to mention is up for documentary short and nomination there for The Elephant Whisperers. A couple in South India, Borman and Belly, take in orphaned young elephants to raise. It's a look at rural India and at the way animals and humans can coexist. Uh, very touching. You'll fall in love with these animals. Interestingly, there's a controversy because these elephants seem to be being raised to be human servants. You know, we're going to give you rides. We're going to punch holes in your ears to put jewelry in mm -hmm. instead of just being raised to go out and live wild in the jungle again, because that's not going to ever happen. So uh, a nice wrap of a variety of films there for you this week. Indeed. Thank you so very much. Folks, we want to know what you're watching. Tell us what you're giving thumbs up or thumbs down. Our email address is talkingpics at kcck.org.